Air now has two premier cannabis dispensaries in the greater Boston area. Airback Bay is conveniently located in the heart of Boston at 827 Boylston Street across from the Prudential Center, serving adult-use customers. Or check out Air Watertown, located near Watertown Square at 48 North Beacon Street, serving medical patients and adult-use customers. Our team is eager to help you choose from a wide assortment of premium cannabis products. Join us in the air, spelled A-Y-R, in Back Bay, Watertown, or online. Please consume responsibly. This product may cause impairment and may be habit-forming. There may be health risks associated with consumption of this product. This product has not been analyzed or approved by the Food and Drug Administration. There is limited information on the side effects of using this product, and there may be associated health risks. Marijuana use during pregnancy and breastfeeding may pose potential harms. It is against the law to drive or operate machinery when under the influence of this product. Keep this product away from children. There may be health risks associated with the consumption of this product. Marijuana can impair concentration, coordination, and judgment. The impairment effects of edible marijuana may be delayed by two hours or more. In case of accidental ingestion, contact Poison Control Hotline at 1-800-222-1222 or 911. This product may be illegal outside of Massachusetts. Massachusetts State License Number MR283946, MR283886, Watertown Medical License Number RMD325. It's Boston's most listened to afternoon radio program. Wee! Felger mm. and Mads. But you need a little bit of fat in there for flavor. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook on 98.5, the Sports Hub. All right, bonus segment with uh, Bedard. Uh, Murray and I are at uh, the Phoenix Convention Center, Super Bowl 57. Maz and Bedard back in our town for Tire Studios in Waltham. The 3 p.m. hour of this program was brought to you by Shaw's and Star Market. The 4 p.m. hour is brought to you by your New England Honda dealers. As promised, calls for Bedard. Doc in Maine. Go ahead, Doc. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Greg, uh, just one quick question. Uh, Yourself and a lot of people are talking about how elite they think the Philadelphia defense is. But this past season, in six-game stretch, not in a row, but in six different games, they gave up 212 points, over 35 points points and this is the, the six teams detroit 35 dallas 40 washington 32 green bay 33 miami 48 and the jets 24 that appears to be a trend <laughs> not an aberration okay is the defense for philadelphia legit greg uh, I, look, I, I think his criticism is fair. I think some of it is the, you know, the Eagles know they can just score. Sometimes they relax on on, on defense. But I, I do think, uh, I think the Eagles are more talented on defense. They're a lot better. They have a lot more options up front. And I think the, I think the Chiefs are really young in the secondary. That's a big issue in this game. I worry about the Chiefs' size. I think if you guys were talking about player props, I think that um, – I might go for A.J. Brown in this game because I just think he just has a huge size advantage over the entire Chiefs secondary. And when in doubt, I think Hurts can just throw the ball up to him. But, you know, look, I, I don't think the, I don't, the Eagles, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. I, the Eagles have not been tested very much this season. They are, um, we went over the staff from Football Outsiders that uh, they're one of the worst potential Super Bowl winners in terms of schedule that they played. I mean, their, ske- their schedule is dog yeah. food. Mm-hmm. It is dog food. It is so freaking soft it isn't funny. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Greg, how do you feel about Brandon Lang's commentary on Andy Reid and the Chiefs? He still, you know, still feels Andy Reid's a bad big game coach and is going to blow a big game before he wins a big game. Do you agree with that? I do, but he has Mahomes. I mean, look, Andy Reid was, we all viewed him. I certainly viewed him this way as, you know, he's he's good in the regular season can get, you know, the team to an NFC championship game, but then he doesn't know how to game coach. Well, you know, guess what happened? He got Patrick Mahomes and all of a, all of a sudden now he's brilliant. It's funny how that works out when you get an all time 
you know, great quarterbacks, sort of like here, where Bill, you know, look, I think Belichick's one of, if not the best coach of all time. But, you know, he really didn't become a genius until Tom Brady became his quarterback. So, uh, and I, I think it's similar with Mahomes and, and Reed. Here's a Chris in Worcester for Bedard. Go ahead, Chris. Thank you very much. And, Greg, thanks for a great year. Um, thanks. Uh, but with, um, with Bill O'Brien and um, Bill Belichick and Mac Jones, will Bill O'Brien be a, a buffer? Be like a you know, like next year. Like, do you see that happening? Like, you know what I'm trying. I don't know how yeah. to explain it. What I'm thinking. You know I, what I'm trying. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're trying to say. I, I, I think, you know, at the end of Brady and Belichick, to go sort of back to what we were talking about at the beginning, um, you know, McDaniel's had to be the buffer between Brady and Belichick uh, towards the end because they weren't really talking all that much. I don't think there needs to be a buffer. I mean, basically, what's going to happen if if history, recent history of the Patriots, is any judge. Uh, Bill O'Brien is basically going to be head coach offense. So, and that's going to, and that's great for the Patriots because that allows Bill to make the Patriots just a little bit more on defense, especially against the better offenses, the number one receivers where they've kind of slacked off in recent years and also uh, on special teams. And so I think Bill O'Brien is just, Bill is going to let Billy do his thing. He's going to coach Mac Jones really hard. He's going to be in charge of the offense and that's going to make the Patriots better overall as a team evan in connecticut for greg bedard go ahead evan what's up boys hey uh on sirianni when he lines up to go for two and draw him offsides against the giants uh you called him a knob mike i love that and then he does it against the niners was he saving faces or anything legitimate about that or is he just that big of a knob thanks guys so that's not why i call him a knob but go ahead you know what he's talking about greg i don't i don't recall that i don't have a good memory me neither yeah, I think they didn't. He was about to, and then they ended up using a timeout because the play clock was going down, and he lost his mind about it. But there was one point early in that game he wanted to go for two, and they ended up just settling for the the extra point. I think he's a knob just from what I hear from him publicly. Like, yeah, again, it's just the way he carries himself. The way he carries him, again the beat Dallas T-shirt. What was the stupid T-shirt that he's, he wore? Every time that they played Dallas, he's he dresses like a fan. Like yeah, we like let's beat Dallas. Like you know the helmet with the you know the cross through it. Like he he treats it, he treats the job like a fanboy at times. I just think that's kind of unbe coming as a head coach and this thing you know comparing Jalen Hurts to Michael Jordan you know the last time or invoking Michael Jordan with Jalen Hurts I think he's a dork I think he's a knob K-N-O-B I got emails like why do you think he's a knob N-O-B like no no knob doorknob it's a it's like a spoon it's yeah. a, you know he's a knob a dork squid stiff like the guy's say. a squid <laughs> is he a good coach though Greg I, it seems that way. I like Tony and I were talking about this off air I really like that some of the young coaches um even if they come from an offensive background, they're not calling plays. They they have turned it over, and they're more of a game manager. It's something that I think McDaniel's needs to do uh, if if Vegas is going to punch through next year. It, but I do think that if the eagle if the Chiefs are going to win this game, and it would be an upset in my mind. Not only is Mahomes going to have to have an all time great game, but I think. Steve Spagnolo is going to have to outcoach the Eagles' young guns on offense, and I think that Spags has a ton of experience. We we know what he did to Brady and the Patriots' offenses when he was with the Giants. I think he's going to have things up his sleeve. Really, his defense is he he game he just tries to make a couple of huge negative plays. He will have some run blitzes against their read option. He's going to take chances, and if Spags is on his game, he's going to outcoach these young guns. One last thing, again, from Brandon Lang, who was on the Brady thing and, and was right, ultimately, until uh, Gruden blew it up. 
you know, Aaron Rodgers handicapping, the way these guys handicap it is what's your defense? Because I'll get the offense right, but do we have a defense that's good enough to win? And if that's the case with the Raiders, Greg, and, you know, Mark Davis saying I'll pay him whatever he wants, but is, is Rodgers to the Raiders realistic if he's handicapping defenses? Well, I think uh, my advice to Aaron, if he was listening, is that, look, McDaniels and Ziegler know what's wrong out there. They are going to fix this defense. I think they're going to take very much a Patriots 2001 sort of approach where they're going to try to mine uh, cheaper veteran uh, players on defense to beef up. I mean, they still have Max Crosby. Who knows what happens with Chandler Jones? Nate Hobbs is a really good cornerback. They have... They're going to make some some uh, changes there, and I think they're going to be a lot better on defense. And I thought Pat Graham did a really nice job as the season went on, even when they were losing guys. The Raiders were competitive on defense towards the end of the season where they weren't in the middle of the season. I think the Raiders will be fine on defense. They'll have enough. And if they get a guy like Rodgers to work with all they have on offense, the Raiders could be a pretty good team. Okay. The previous caller said goodbye. Thanks for all your work this year. Are you done? Is this your last day? No, no, no. He's just, I think he was just saying just thanks for the season overall. I have one yeah. more. I'll be back next week. An attaboy for the big boy. Okay. Yeah. So the, I'm we, not going to thank you I know I'm not going to get one for you, one. so I'll take it from the caller. <laughs> <laughs> you're but like, you're, you're like my Belichick. Mike, you, can, you, can rewind? Uh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm, you go. I was going to say, can we rewind to something Florio said that I wanted Yo, to yeah, ask please. about? Because when he was on, I found it interesting. That was that Florio said that. Bill O'Brien, that he thinks Belichick may entrust Bill O'Brien or empower Bill O'Brien to make a judgment, make the judgment. It's good. On um, on Mac Jones, do you, how much of that do you think is potentially true? Uh, I think you know a, a good measure. I mean, I, I think knowing uh, a little bit about Billy and also some of the people that he talks to, I think that um, you know not only from Alabama but you know McDaniel's and things like that. I think that he is going to be in Mac Jones's court. I think he is going to come from the viewpoint that Mac Jones uh, can be a really good quarterback in this league if we coach him right and we do the right things around him. So I think that's where they're coming from. If that doesn't work out, if Mac Jones isn't making the right reads or the right throws, O'Brien is not going to be afraid to say, Bill, he, he ain't got it. We got to go back into the draft. And I would do that this year. Like the guy Herndon, I think he's from um, from Tennessee. Who's who's coming off ACL surgery? If he drops, he's a type of hooker. Hooker, Hooker. sorry, Uh, hooker. Yeah, see, Maz always gets that one. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know what? The irony is, I think that kid sucks. But anyway, (laughs) well, you know, he might. But you know, if you coach him up for two or three years, and remember what O'Brien did with Deshaun Watson, I think there's that's the type of guy that I would look to get middle late of the draft to say, hey, if we coach this kid, if he gets healthy for two or three years. We might have something here. That's what I, I would okay. do. I'm not, I'm not kidding. I watched him play during the college football season on a weekend. I said, this kid blows. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I won't make the joke with the name. Greg, thanks for sticking around. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll, we'll catch you next Tuesday. Yep. See you back Tuesday, back home. Okay. Thanks, Greg. All right, big fella. Uh, we will get back to the Brady-Belichick podcast last night, what we learned, what was good, what was bull crap, uh, all of it uh, with your calls, uh, 617-779-0985. There are open lines if you want to join us. Felger and Maz at the Super Bowl. We're back right after this. Boston's home for sports. Felger and Maz, 98.5 The Sports Hub. With the uncertainty around the economy, One thing you don't have to worry about in 2023 is your wireless bill. When you switch to Consumer Cellular, 
you'll save up to half off your bill. You'll get unlimited talk and text with a flexible data plan starting at just $20 a month. Plus, you can add a family member to your plan for just $15 a month per line. Their award-winning customer support team makes switching easy. You can keep your phone and number, and activation is free. Never worry about dropped calls. Consumer Cellular has the exact same coverage as the major carriers, with coverage to over 99% of the nation. This is all backed by their 100% risk-free guarantee. Go to ConsumerCellular.com slash podcast25, and for a limited time, get $25 off your wireless bill when you use promo code PODCAST25. That's ConsumerCellular.com slash podcast25. Promo code PODCAST25. If you want to learn more about popular financial topics like establishing and building credit, listen to the Making Money Personal podcast. Yeah, everybody's talking about that almighty FICO score. This is the way I try to tell people to think about their score. Think of when you were in school. Do your homework, pay attention in class, you're going to get good grades. It's the same thing with credit. Pay attention to your credit, and you won't have to worry about your score. That will be there. Listen for episodes like this and more at trianglejuniversity.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. Felger and Maz have Radio Row Week covered. Presented by BostonRefunds.com. Payroll tax refund experts for small businesses. On 98.5 The Sports Hub. That was as much a part of Tom as it was me, you know, because there were a couple meetings, uh, you know, where I would say something to Tom after the meeting, like, hey, you know, I didn't really, you know, think that was that bad, but I just want to include you and everybody in there with everybody else. And Tom would say, coach, you have to, if you don't yell at me, then what am I going to do with all the rest of my teammates? I got to be in there with all the rest of them and say, hey, he's yelling at all of us. And like, we all got to do better. But if you leave me out of it, then then I don't really have a platform to work from. So, yeah, go ahead and rip my ass, too. Go ahead. And so I got the green light on that. I went ahead and took it. But And I really, the thing that players always, they always come back to me and say, hey, the first meeting, Belichick got on Brady. I'm like, Christ, if he's going to talk to Brady like that, like, I better be straight. I, you know, I know what's going to happen to me. And, and Tom's you know, acceptance of that. And also then his ability to lead his teammates by putting himself in the same boat with everybody else of like, yeah, we all got to do a better job. You know, he's after me, just like he's after everybody else. Let's go. Um, That's a tremendous platform to lead from. And Tom recognized that. And yeah, you know, was he our best player? Did he make the fewest mistakes out there and all that? Yeah. But everybody can do better. Every coach, every player, no matter how great they are. And you know, if you're really looking and striving for, perfe- per- for perfection, then we all want that. I, I want to be a better coach. Tom wants to be a better player, you know, and, and so does everybody else. You know, Law wants to be a better corner, and Logan Mankins wants to be a better guard and all that, and Rob Gronkowski wants to be a better tight end. And if you can tell him something to help him be better, a real competitor will appreciate that. And, uh, and actually where mm-hmm. I got that from was Coach Knight. And because Coach Knight told me that's what he did with Michael Jordan on the Olympic team. He said, you know, Michael, I'm going to rip your ass just like because I can't rip some of these other guys without ripping you. And Jordan said, hey, bring it on because I that, I need that and that'll help me with my teammates. And and uh, it was kind of a similar thing, you know, with Tom. So that may have been my favorite excerpt from the whole thing last night. Belichick on with Tom Brady and Jim Gray. And there's just, you know, 
Bill's tone there and his delivery there was as entertaining as Bill's going to get. And it's like the most real I think I've ever heard him. Absolutely. Absolutely. So he, he's got that gear. You almost never hear it. Yeah. But he does have that gear. He does do speaking engagements. He does make money. So he does know how to stand up on a podium and, you know, talk football in an entertaining fashion for a, a crowd. And I think that's what you got there. And so like that piece to it, okay, you could actually listen to Bill Belichick give a two-minute answer there, which is what that was. One. Two, it was insightful that, yeah, you know, uh, it, it, Brady needed it because Brady wanted it. Brady wanted it because he wanted to be able to then go to his teammates and say, we're in the same boat. Yeah, right. So when I get on you, well, he's getting on me, and we're all in it together. And it, it, it Brady wasn't, uh, you know, Brady was part of the team. He wasn't above the team. And that's how they made sure Brady wasn't above the team. That's great insight. You know, the, the anecdote there, but I learned that from Coach Knight. Coach Knight. Like, freaking scout, you know, that dirtbag, uh, Bobby Knight. But, you know, in Bill's world, that's Coach Knight, and Coach Knight did it with Michael Jordan. Like, those are great anecdotes. So, like, it's good, but the whole piece about Brady wanting it and Brady loving it and Brady accepting it and Brady needing it, this is another one, Maz. Would you please spare me this? Absolutely. Let me quote. Let me quote first directly from the Sports Illustrated article, December 18th, Seth Wickersham wrote, as Brady's age has increased, he has, be he has become an advocate of positive thinking. <laughs> Belichick's negativity and, cyn and cynicism have gotten old, Brady has told other Patriots players and staff. He feels he has accomplished enough that he shouldn't have to endure so much grief. Brady has noted to staff a few times this year that no matter how many game-changing throws he makes, Belichick still hasn't awarded him Patriot of the Week all year. So in the Wickersham story, Wickersham points, uh, paints the exact opposite picture that Brady got sick of the hounding in team meetings, got sick of the negativity and the cynicism. Uh, I will once again quote his wife, Giselle Bunchen, who told the owner he's getting sick of being treated like Johnny effing Foxborough <laughs> right. by Bill Belichick. We can go on and on and on again. So in that, so that's just why I like that cut. It packs so much. There's good stuff in there, good anecdotes, good thing to listen to. But at the end of the day, Maz, another piece of stinking bull crap. Brady got sick of the treatment from Belichick over time. Absolutely. Look, and again, this is where I think, you know, things really started to change is Brady changed. Brady changed. He got, he got older. And I also, I'm glad you read the quote. I think this is you know, at least partly the Giselle factor. I think she was in his ear saying, hey, don't let him treat you like that. What are you talking about? You're the story. You're the reason. You know, don't let him treat you like that. And I think that that, that helped sway Tom and, and, you know, it made him a little softer later in his career. And all of a sudden it was like, why are you still yelling at me in meetings? Why are you still picking me apart? How about the good things I'm doing too? And Brady get tired of it. Yeah, whose personality was more consistent over the 20 years? And that's actually Bill. So while that clip is cool to hear, and it was, to show like how that dynamic was, I think it only applies to the first half of the, the, the dynasty, the first 10 years, because Brady changed in the second half. And I think it's fair to bring up Giselle. You know, Tom Brady got to a point later on where he got sick of the way he was being treated. In the meeting, on the field, off the field, at the contract table. Would he have gotten there without Giselle pushing him there? Maybe not, because as we you know, we, we're gathering right now. He's just a softy. 
He's a softy. He does not want to stay at war with people. He does not want to stay and hold grudges. And it takes him a lot to even get there in the first place. So she, she led him there. Where she led him was a place where he naturally might have gotten anyway, but I don't know. Maybe he wouldn't have. But that doesn't make her wrong. Like no, ultimately, I think she was right to let him know his worth like that. The way he, the where he got to is where ultimately he probably should have gotten yeah. to. Yeah, and that's an important thing to point out too. It doesn't necessarily mean she's wrong. That's fair. Like she, she may have been right. And Mike, I don't know now, now that you talk about it and you lay the timeline out there. Is it a coincidence that there is like this detente between Bill and Brady after he broke up with Giselle? Absolutely, Maz. Right. It's fair to, I mean, if if she's still in his ear, you know, no, you don't say nice things about him. You remember how he Johnny effing Foxborough. He, yeah. That's how he treated you at the end. Don't. No, no, no. We don't. We don't come back. We don't say. We don't say nice. I mean, you could still hear her in his ear, and maybe he doesn't come back. Yeah, like I, I you know, part of me wonders. As you were saying it, I'm like, you know, maybe this is it. Like he he broke up with Giselle. And at the end of the day, he's now sitting there going, you know, you were no, uh, you were no uh, piece of cake either. Like- so they, they- <laughs> ah, so good. So uh, th- that that comment last night that had some truth, but also I thought that was Bill, in a very passive aggressive fashion, making amends because Bill knows he probably mistreated Brady at the end or didn't adjust to Brady at the end and was too hard at him, too hard on him at the end. And I think last night was Bill's way of kind of apologizing or his way of explaining it away. Look, Brady wanted me to do this. It was important for Brady that we did this. Bobby Knight did it to Michael Jordan. So I thought that was Bill sort of explaining something away. And I thought there were other points where Brady was explaining something away. Basically, like all the things he put on the record at the end. Between him and his father and the Facebook Live and I plead the fifth, Brady's way of making amends last night or excusing it away was by saying, well, it was the media. Yeah. The media was making that it up. Me. They tried to drive a wedge between us. That wasn't me. That was them. They got sick of writing about the championships. And I think each of them in their own way, sort of passive-aggressive way, were trying to apologize or make amends or explain away what happened at the end. But make no mistake, Patriots fans. That stuff happened at the end. <laughs> that was not made up. Uh, but there was some more good stuff here. I also liked, um, and this was a legit, and this is what I think Brady's greatest quality was. Uh, give me Belichick number nine, Jimmy, on uh, Brady making players around him better, if you could, please. It was similar to Taylor at, at the Giants. Oh, so just stop. Um, there's so, a- so, so, oh, so, so that caught up. <laughs> that stood out to me, too. Bill still can't help himself. He, he can't talk about Brady without also mentioning Lawrence Taylor. He just has to do it. It's like he can't help himself, Maz. Go ahead, Jimmy. It was similar to Taylor at, at the Giants. Um, there's a guy that's targeted every week. And, and Tom always found a way to make his players productive. So it didn't matter who the receiver, who the tight end was. He could understand what, what would make Rob you know, more successful. What make Troy Brown more so? What could Wes Welker do? Not what did I do with Troy that I want to do with Wes Welker, but how do I make Wes Welker successful? How do I make Randy Moss successful? Those players were all great players, but they were all very different and they had different skills. And Tom could always bring out the best of their skills. So it was James White, um, uh, you know, running backs or whoever, whatever the position was, Kevin Falk. You know, he made all those players great by understanding what their strengths were and understood how to use their strengths. Um, and, you know, very similar to what Bill Russell talked about in terms of using the, the other 
teammates on the Celtics, you know, how to, how to get those guys shots, how to get those guys points. And I think of all the things that Tom was great at, which is a long, long list, um, his ability to make players around him better and more productive was ultimately his greatest skill. And there were times when we didn't have great tackles or we might have had a guy hurt on the offensive line. Well, then he got the ball out quicker. And those players never really, that matchup never really affected the game very much. I mean, all the years we went against Dwight Freeney, um, you know, a lot of blocking Dwight Freeney was get rid of the ball before Dwight Freeney could get there. I mean, he was a hard guy to block. And then Matt's on the other side. Uh, and there were games where we played, you know, the Carolina Super Bowl. I mean, Honestly, God, that's as good of a defensive line as we've ever faced. But And Tom got hit a lot, but he got the ball out. And so it didn't matter whether it was the line, the receivers, the tight ends, the running backs. Uh, you know, when it was, uh, you know, Corey Dillon and LeGarrette Blount, he, he helped them be more productive in their roles. Um, and so ultimately, again, of all the things that Tom was great at, I think that was you know, really his top quality was he made everybody around him better and utilized the skills that those players had and avoided the ones maybe with they weren't as good at. So I thought that was a great cut, too, because it's so true. Like, that, to me, is one of Brady, Brady's greatest calling cards. You could give him David Patton, David Givens. You could give him Jabbar Gaffney. Rache Caldwell, whoever. Oh, Rache Caldwell. You give them all the crap on the offensive line that they've carried, and 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 uh, you know over the years. But Russ Hochstein, Greg Randall, like it just you go through all the crappy right tackles they've had over the years, or the tweener guards that they just throw in there, and it didn't end up mattering because Brady would get the ball out, or he would realize where they were weak, and he, you know, would uh, cover that up and. That, I think, was Brady's greatest quality. And my favorite thing was that we I hate it when there's a great quarterback and people say, well, what is he surrounded by? What's Aaron Rodgers surrounded by? What's this guy surrounded by? If you're a great quarterback, you take what you have and you still win with it. And Brady did. And I'm glad Belichick pointed that out. Belichick pointed out the good players because I don't think he wanted to list the crappy players like I just did. You know, he said he brought the bought the most out of Randy Moss or Wes Walker. Those guys were great players. Yeah. You know, what Bill, I think, should have said, but he didn't want to call players out is, can you believe he got out of Danny Woodhead what we got out of Danny Woodhead? Or what, you know, Rache Caldwell? Or, you know, like... like Doug Gabriel? Doug Gabriel, just go down the line. Like, I, there's, there's just so many. I, I I can't... Brandon Lloyd. Get you the list, but it's like... Yeah, we, we, we somehow survived games against Dwight Freeney with Russ Hochstein out there, you know, because of Tom Brady. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, I, I thought that was another good insight by Belichick last night, Maz. Yeah, and look, it was. It absolutely was. Although part of me, you know, as usual, I'm snickering because part of me looks at it and goes, at least until the end, Tom, when you hung Nikhil, Henry, uh, Nikhil Harry and <laughs> Jacoby Myers and Gunnar Olszewski out to dry. But we'll forget about that because for the no, most that, part, you were good. That, But that's true. At the end, I think Brady... Uh, Lost the motivation to carry all those guys on his back. Oh, for back. sure. Yeah, and the other thing, like, well, it's it's a double-edged sword for me listening to this because on the one hand, it's really cool to hear Belichick talk with that kind of, like, level of brightness and enthusiasm because it shows you, hey, there's a real person in there. But the other half is like, is it that hard, dude? Can you just give us some a little bit more of this? But no, just have to snort, spit in your face, grumble, grumble, grumble. It's not paid for. No. Yeah, yeah and again, like, you really can, in his voice, you can hear the energy. Yeah, right? that's what it is. There's energy to it. He's engaged in the conversation. 
He's in, you know, he, he absolutely invested in the show, and he's great to listen to when he's like that. He is. Okay, more your thoughts, more sound from the podcast coming your way after Murray's update. With the uncertainty around the economy, one thing you don't have to worry about in 2023 is your wireless bill. When you switch to Consumer Cellular, you'll save up to half off your bill. You'll get unlimited talk and text with a flexible data plan starting at just $20 a month. Plus, you can add a family member to your plan for just $15 a month per line. Their award-winning customer support team makes switching easy. You can keep your phone and number, and activation is free. Never worry about dropped calls. Consumer Cellular has the exact same coverage as the major carriers, with coverage to over 99% of the nation. This is all backed by their 100% risk-free guarantee. Go to ConsumerCellular.com slash podcast25, and for a limited time, get $25 off your wireless bill when you use promo code PODCAST25. That's ConsumerCellular.com slash podcast25. Promo code PODCAST25. Every journey needs a guide. So when it comes to your financial journey, we're here to help. Triangle Credit Union's Making Money Personal podcast will give you practical tips that address the many real-world challenges we all face. Our weekly money tips present financial and personal topics in six minutes or less. And we host monthly podcast episodes that dive deeper into finance, business, and lifestyle topics. Check it out now at triangleuniversity.org or on your favorite podcast platform. Covering all the excitement of Radio Rowing, it's Felger and Mass. Presented by BostonRefunds.com. Payroll tax refund experts for small businesses on Boston's home for sports. 98.5 The Sports Hub. So Tom and I played together for three days in the Pro-Am out there. And I think if I could sum up Tom Brady in one picture, it would be on the sixth <laughs> hole where he drove the ball to the right it looked like it was going to be, you know, I mean, it looked like he was over the cliff, right? You know, when he teed off, I think it's way to the right. And we get down there, and he's standing over the cliff. And he's like, I think I see it. And he takes his club down there, and he climbs over the cliff. I can only see, like, from about his shoulders up. Now, it's 200 feet down into the rocks, and there's no way he survives this fall. And I'm looking at the greatest quarterback, our, our player, you know, I mean – Tom Brady standing there, uh, literally on a ledge, ball <laughs> off the ledge up to the, up the hill to the sixth green, and I'm thinking to myself, I mean, like this is Tom Brady, like number one super competitor, is trying to hit this impossible shot, comes pretty close to honestly dying and and landing in the rock 200 <laughs> feet below, all in the name of competition and you know being the best he can be and taking whatever the situation is, wherever the, wherever the ball lands and playing it and hitting the next good shot. And I was like, man, when I saw him climb over the hill back on there, I'm like, just take a two stroke penalty, man. Play the pros ball. (laughs) Another anecdote from Belichick last night with Jim Gray with a cackling and just every single thing that he says. It, it's, it wasn't that funny. It's a good tale, but you know, it's nothing funny about it that much. Like that, you're cackling. Like, oh, <laughs> what was the part you said about whip me, <laughs> whip me into shape? <laughs> Go back to that, Bill. 
Uh, but, you know, Belichick Brady, just a couple of golfing buddies, yeah? You know, uh, so uh, to your phones, as promised, Dan and Quincy. Go ahead, Dan. I just want to know, you guys have to jump in a bathtub full of ice every time Manchester by the Sea Mary calls. I mean, you agree. Oh, Mike, are you, I only call when you're on. I agree with everything you say. Don't let me into that group. Oh, please. You guys are pathetic. Oh, she once said Zappy, uh, Belichick inside of the crowd to boo Zappy, uh, boo Mac Jones, and, and, and chant Zappy, like a conspiracy theory. So, anyway, but, no, Mike, no one's making up the story that things weren't good between Brady and Belichick. We, I, we're not saying you made it up, okay? We're not saying that. But 20-year relationship, things are going to happen. Nobody had the success. A, 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 are you still there? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and, and as far as hi, the hi, Mike. Hi, guys. Goes, she, she, was, she was the one, she was like Jimmy in The Goodfellas instigating Tommy to shoot Spider, okay? Like, are you going to take that from him? And he, and he, boom, he shoots him. That's what she was. Brady was on the way, but she helped it, she helped it along. And so, you understand, though, Danny, but, that, but let's remember, okay, thank you for the call. Let's remember that, yes, Giselle pushed him to that place. He still would have come back. He's still at the even at the very last, the very last conversation he had with Belichick, he was open. If Bell said, if Bill said, "Okay, we'll give you the Drew Brees contract," he would have stayed. So while all this other stuff is fun to talk about and it's legit, and the you know the those the sort of breaking points with those two are real, Brady was still going to put up with them if they gave him the effing contract, and Bill didn't want to give him the effing contract. So let's just let's remember that. So, you know, that's the reality again. So but that also was, you know, at the time, Tom's saying, go talk to Mr. Kraft. You know, so Robert's involved in this, too. And now there's heat on Bill. Do you think that any part of this last night and this mea culpa between these two is also the enemy of my enemy is my friend type thing? Like this is like them going at Robert a little bit because Tom still looks at this as like this should have never happened. Again, Bill's feeling the heat from ownership a little bit, maybe been pushed into decisions he doesn't want to necessarily have to do. I, I, I totally think they, they could have common enemy if they want with Robert. Um, and, I you know, it, people thought and some people have said that last night Belichick and Brady in this thing is a sign that it's thawed so much that Brady will come back and sign the one-day contract. He will, you know, return to the fold and be a patriot for life, that sort of thing. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, and I have no insight into it. I, I just feel it could have been a one-off between Brady and Belichick. And if they did want to get together and say – you know, or if, if Bill wants to say, you know, I wanted to give you the contract, Robert didn't. Or, you know, Robert had a budget on me. Robert had a number on me that I, I couldn't. I couldn't pay you 25 and do everything else that we wanted because Robert, you know, they could do that if they want. It, it, it wouldn't surprise me, Mads, if that's how they approached it. Yeah, again, look, at the, uh, strange things can happen, right? Especially when if they're both pissed off at the owner on some level. Although I will say, Murray, it's a good theory. It's a good theory. I'll say this, though. It feels to me like Brady is mending fences with everybody, Robert included. Like, now, again, I don't know I don't know if that means he's going to sign the one-day contract or not. My gut still tells me no. But he went to Robert's wedding, right? Like, that was sort of a, yeah. kiss, you know, kiss and make up and uh, bygones be bygones. Like, let's let that one go after he, you know, snubbed him in his 80th birthday party. So I, it feels to me like Brady might just be on this, like, I don't want to say redemption tour, but something like that where he just making up with everybody because, you know, he got emotional about it. He, get, he didn't want to leave. They basically pushed him out the door. He was pissed about it, and now he's retired and he's over it. 
And by the way, what I just said about Robert not giving them the money to sign Brady, I don't believe. Or one of the lowest spending teams in the league. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, like I said, I, I don't know how that went down. But what I believe is just my gut is that if Bill went to bat for Brady and said to Robert he's worth this money, the Crafts would have had the money for it. You know, if Bill had said, no, he's going to be worth two times 25, he's worth this contract, we should pay him, the Crafts would have paid him. That the Crafts were following Bill's lead on that one. That's just what I think. We're one of the lowest spending teams in the league. Yeah, but and Mike, just quickly, too, again, Kraft, Robert did Brady a big favor by letting him get out of that contract with no compensation whatsoever. 100%. He did Brady a big favor. So if Brady's pissed at that, you know, he shouldn't be. All right, more of your thoughts. Long commercial-free segment is next, right to you after this. We're one of the lowest spending teams in the league. Get ready for more Felger and Maz on the Sports Hub. With the uncertainty around the economy, one thing you don't have to worry about in 2023 is your wireless bill. When you switch to Consumer Cellular, you'll save up to half off your bill. You'll get unlimited talk and text with a flexible data plan starting at just $20 a month. Plus, you can add a family member to your plan for just $15 a month per line. Their award-winning customer support team makes switching easy. You can keep your phone and number, and activation is free. Never worry about dropped calls. Consumer Cellular has the exact same coverage as the major carriers, with coverage to over 99% of the nation. This is all backed by their 100% risk-free guarantee. Go to ConsumerCellular.com slash podcast25, and for a limited time, get $25 off your wireless bill when you use promo code PODCAST25. That's ConsumerCellular.com slash podcast25. Promo code PODCAST25. Every journey needs a guide. So when it comes to your financial journey, we're here to help. Triangle Credit Union's Making Money Personal podcast will give you practical tips that address the many real-world challenges we all face. Our weekly money tips present financial and personal topics in six minutes or less. And we host monthly podcast episodes that dive deeper into finance, business, and lifestyle topics. Check it out now at triangleuniversity.org or on your favorite podcast platform. From Phoenix, Arizona, it's Radio Row Week coverage with Felger and Mass. Presented by BostonRefunds.com. Payroll tax refund experts for small businesses on Boston's Home for Sports. 98.5 The Sports Hub. For me, um, and, I, and I, I've always said this, Tom's heard it, you know, every year, time after time. Players win games. Players win games. You can't win games without great players. And, um, and coaches can lose them. And if coaches don't give the players a good opportunity, put them a, give them a chance where they can have a fair fight and, and can win on their ability, then, you know, great players can't overcome bad coaching. So I always tried my best to put the team in position to win. Um, and, look, that could be, you know, 10, 13, 10, like it was in the snowball, or it could be, you know, 34 to 28, you know, scoring 28 points in the second half or whatever it was in the Super Bowl. And, and to me, my job was always give the team a chance to win, put together a good team. And, you know, Tom was the greatest player on many, many good teams that we had. But it's teams that win championships and, and players that win championships, not coaches. Coaches 
keep from losing them. <laughs> Try to keep from losing them. You got to give the players a chance to win. And and we had you know a lot of great players. Uh, and and I'd say the one thing about Tom that it, it was always impressive is how he was the target every week. He had the bullseye on his back every week, and every week he came through and delivered. Maz, do you think Belichick believes that coaches don't win championships, coaches don't win games? No, I don't believe that for a second. Now, again, he had a a clever way of saying it there, which is players win, coaches help you prevent losing it. And I think that's actually a good way to put it. I mean, I, I would say that that is effectively what Bill Belichick has done better than anybody. He eliminates the mistakes. He gets you in the game. And then Brady puts you over the top. Like, I, again, that's sort of how I have felt about the, the importance of the two of them for a long, long time. But when Bill is on his own territory, and again, this, this whole interview was on Brady's turf, right? It, uh-huh. was, in, it was in Brady's, you know, living room, uh, figuratively speaking. And so Bill went into Brady's den, and he played nice. But on his turf, Foxborough, Gillette Stadium, his turf, Bill rules. And, uh, you know, to me, Bill believes that he has more to do with it than anybody. Okay, more your thoughts on the podcast from last night. Also, reset one thing that Mike Florio said that Maz pointed out that, uh, you know, we do we should circle back to, and Mike Florio implying that they're going to take a, a, a look at Mac Jones and assess his uh, future. I don't know exactly how he put it, but really uh, assess his his ability to be that franchise quarterback more than maybe we appreciate in the here and now. So we'll get back to that. But to your calls right now, as promised, Christina in Somerville. What do you got, Christina? Did anyone else think that whole conversation was very weird? Like it sounded like Brady and Belichick weren't having the same conversation. If you listen, Belichick really never responds to or even acknowledges what Brady's saying. You hear Brady laugh a few times. It's almost like he's listening to a recording of it and injecting laughter when he thinks it's appropriate. Christina, it wouldn't surprise me one bit. I've had a few people email about this. I think it was edited, but there, and, and we'll play a few cuts coming up where you could hear Brady directly answer Bill. It would have been a real crafty edit if it was in two different times. But I, I, I wonder if it was, uh, you know, I think they were together is my guess. I do too. But I don't know if it was done last night. Like it, it felt there were, I, I felt I could sense with the headphones on and you can really hear the audio. I felt there might have been a clip or two somewhere in that. But there were times where Brady answered him directly that, well, I mean, I don't know. Here's here's what I would say, Christina. That freaking Jim Gray, Tom Brady interview is just always awkward. It's just awkward. Yeah. With Gray cackling in the background and the breathing from Gray, and it does feel like it's edited or, like, spliced together. Like, it's just, it's not a, uh, a natural feeling sounding thing. Although, although there was, like, I, some things had to have been live. Like, for example, I meant to play this. Uh, Jimmy, you got <laughs> the big dope uh, at one point. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, number 12. It, so uh, Belichick and Brady are doing their thing. And then at one point, this happens. Number 12, Jimmy. It's Robbie G. <laughs> What's up, baby? Coach Belichick in here, too. Wow. How you guys doing? Hey, turn up. Hey, I hear the, Are you in your car? Oh, yeah, your I'm in car? my car. I'm, I was actually just on the highway. I just pulled over to hop on. So, so we got a retirement party here. We're going to finish up with Coach Belichick. And Coach, uh, so Rob Gronkowski joining us. 
Gronkowski jumps in, then he's out, and then it's like, it, all of a sudden, the, the noise stopped, and Jim Gray, you know, so I, I, I know what the caller's saying. It's just awkward. Like, there's another, it just, no one, I, I mean, we read commercials all the time. No one does it. No one's a bigger creep than Jim Gray when he <laughs> reads an ad. Like, it, like, I just had Jimmy clip this one. Like, again, in the middle of these heartfelt answers, you know, Jim Gray goes on a heartfelt soliloquy for Tom Brady, and then Bill Belichick with a heartfelt statement for Tom, and Tom almost chokes up and can tell he's crying. And then Jim Gray, out of nowhere, Jimmy 3A, did, will Jim do this. Jim Gray along with Tom Brady here on Let's Go, joined by Bill Belichick. Our program is brought to you by Golden Nugget Hotel and Casinos. Whether you're looking <laughs> for a romantic getaway, retreat weekend, or just a day of fun, Golden Nugget Hotel and Casinos offer the perfect destination for the ultimate getaway. Visit goldennugget.com to book your getaway today. <laughs> I don't know why it's so creepy and awkward, and it's just from day one with this thing. I oh, mean, yeah, no, it's just the way it's his cadence. It's how he talks. It's it's very old, like 1950s, 1960s ad, ad sounding. This is just how I sound. <laughs> Tom, I so, bet you have some golden nuggets, don't you, Tom? Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> George on Cape Cod. Go ahead, George. Hey, you guys, can you hear me all right? Yes. So, Jim Gray, I was just thinking, Gronk and Brady, that's a sandwich he'd want to be in the middle of. But the real reason I'm calling, I know why Brady's not going to do the one-day contract. They he, they asked him to take a hometown discount again. Ah, but um, uh, John in Brockton, go ahead, John. Yes, quick comment, and I'll hang up. I was watching it, it relates to Belichick yelling. Brady, I was watching a documentary on uh, Vince Lombardi, and they were interviewing Bart Starr, and he said that he was effing ripping him apart in practice every day to the point where he pulled him aside and said, hey, you know, how can I be a leader of men when you're, when you're, you're ripping me apart? And, and I agree with it. And he said Vince Lombardi never yelled at him again. So yeah, and Starr and Lombardi had big problems for years, which – which isn't really the story. You know, like, to me, Belichick and Brady had problems. Like, okay, some of the great coaches. Bar- Remember Parcells, how he busted Phil Simms' balls? Oh, yeah. For years. Like, that's not, that is kind of natural. I guess what I push back against is you pushing back against that. Like, it happened, they had problems. And I guess Tom Brady trying to rewrite it now and, you know, blame the media or outsiders trying to pull him apart when it happened. It's happened with other great coaches and quarterbacks, and it is sort of a natural part of that world with those hyper-competitive, highly accomplished people in that sport. It happens, and it happened here. Like, the denial of it, I guess, is what I push back against. Yeah, because you come off as a child if you think that it was all made up like for years and all of that, and the fact that he ended up playing for another team. If everything was so hunky-dory and fine, he wouldn't have ended his career as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Yeah, Tommy, my, my, just quickly, the fact that Bill is playing along tells you that Bill wanted to, to patch that thing up, too. Definitely. Tommy and Lynn. Hi, Tom. Thanks for hanging on. All right. What's up, guys? This is what i got to say about Brady and Belichick. They should have... They should have kept him, and they would have gotten to this spot. And they should they should retire his number twelve, and they should build that statue of him right where the lighthouse is. And also, Felker, don't get too drunk tonight on Super Tuesday, because I, I don't want to. I feel worried about you. I love Thanks, you, man. Tommy. <laughs> you and my mom both worried, both worried about uh, Super Tuesday. Uh, we'll we'll circle back to that later on next hour. I want to certainly you know, go to hit on again the. 
Well, Patriots fans, if you want to believe Brady last night and believe Brady and Belichick last night, that it was a, a, a media contrivance, it was a media-driven narrative, that the relationship wasn't as broken as we let on and we played up, you really only have two avenues. You only have two places to go, and I'm going to tell you what two places you have to go. And we'll do it again after Murray gets you updated. 90 seconds, no commercials, and we're right back. If you want to learn more about popular financial topics like establishing and building credit, listen to the Making Money Personal podcast. Yeah, everybody's talking about that almighty FICO score. This is the way I try to tell people to think about their score. Think of when you were in school. Do your homework, pay attention in class, you're going to get good grades. It's the same thing with credit. Pay attention to your credit, and you won't have to worry about your score. That will be there. Listen for episodes like this and more at triangleuniversity.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.